everyone, it's Bruce here, and I uh, just wanted to give a quick note about the audio quality in this podcast. Not the best. Uh, we tried a different format, and didn't really work out. Uh, weren't able to kind of pick up Joel's audio uh, as well as we had hoped, so apologies for that, but uh, tried to clean it up a little bit in post, and hope you'll bear with us with this one. Thank you, and here we go. Welcome to another episode of Brunches and Crunches, a podcast about health, fitness, and lifestyle, and gaining new perspectives through the eyes of other people. Today, we have a very special guest, Joel, who's an MMA trainer and also a friend of Anthony, one of our previous guests. So welcome. Thank you. How are you guys? Thank you for having me. We're Great. Good. Happy to be here. Yeah. 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 Thank you for uh, inviting me and uh, enjoying this. Like I said before, it's rainy. Well, <laughs> it's nice to be inside, but now we have to say goodbye to the sun. Yes. Yeah, definitely. So was that the correct uh, like term for you? Do you consider yourself like a trainer, or is it a fighter, or what's the actual term you use? It, it's part of it, but uh, I, I I label myself as a um, mixed martial arts coach who uses uh, metaphysical concepts to help people to get rid of layers that don't serve them, or mm. to find ways that they can improve their life physically, mentally, and spiritually. So I'm more like a guidance uh, uh, coach. So it's a little bit of everything because I don't just focus on the, the physical, but for me it's even more important the emotional aspect of the person. Because yeah. that's what, to me, what really we get uh, through transformation, through results. So yeah. That's interesting. So I know we had chatted previously about kind of like this theme that kind of runs across of like loving yourself, right? And maybe we can kind of jump into that a little bit and how that applies in mixed martial arts for you personally. Um, and like you mentioned the metaphysical, so like what part of it is the metaphysical part and how you kind of like, uh, you know, when you're working with the kids that you're kind of training and coaching, how do you kind of instill this understanding of loving oneself? Uh, in your teaching? Uh, I'll try to squeeze it because it's so very important. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first, let, let me start explaining so more for myself how I go to this understanding based on my experience. Yeah. Uh, as you know, as when we're little, we're programmed to be in a specific way. Society teaches us that we're supposed to be acting mm. in certain ways. And uh, not until you get older, you realize that a lot of things uh, simply don't make sense. They simply, uh, for example, I never, we, we don't learn how to understand our emotions, understand our minds when we're in kindergarten, when we're in elementary school. And to me, I was made more prepared, quote unquote, to get a job. Mm -hmm. But nobody ever talked to me about what my feelings are. Nobody ever talked to me about how I can even understand my mind. So to me, it was, it's a question I always had. That how come the, in our educational system, there is not um, guidance, there is no assistance. I was being, I was being trained to be, to be sweaty, to 
mm-hmm. past and past, but nobody ever talked to me. So as I get older, yeah, uh, change, you know, go through my own experience of making yeah. mistakes and learning new ways to live life. Uh, my, I used to play uh, volleyball mm. uh, a lot for many years, so that gave me the discipline perspective mm-hmm. of of the training, mm-hmm. of the uh, the nutritional aspect. Mm. Once on I started doing martial arts, martial arts was always that always has little, but never actually fully uh, mm. talking as a career until after my twenties. Yeah. Um, so. When I can get older, I start combining what I learned from my own experience, what I learned from my volleyball and my martial arts, mm-hmm. and I started combining everything. So when it comes to metaphysical, that's more the physical. Now yeah. the metaphysical, um, now we're in 2020. Mm-hmm. We're realizing now that there are a lot of, uh, a lot of concepts were not taught before, as I said before. We're mm-hmm. understanding the power of our thoughts, power yeah. of our mind, energy. Um, those are considered metaphysical mm. just because we cannot measure them. We cannot right. uh, fill them fully with our senses, mm-hmm. but they are still there. You yeah. know, that's why I would say like Wi-Fi. People, oh, I would say Wi-Fi because everybody needs Wi-Fi 24-7. People <laughs> cannot survive without it, yeah. but they cannot see it. Right. So just because you cannot see it, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Yeah. So that's just the uh, metaphysical aspect. And when it comes to the spiritual uh, or the emotional, is putting people in situations or drills or experiences of exercises mm-hmm. that help them to go into their past, check their traumas from childhood, and find ways to overcome them to buy it. Uh, it's like if, since every person is different, mm-hmm. you have to go through. Uh, 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 it's something that I do individually, that's why I focus on individual sessions mm-hmm. because with group sessions you can get done more than martial arts and physical yes. but for me to actual actual get to the root of the person individually it has to be individual because every person has to go to something different right so for one person could have been being traumatized by their parents the other person could have been abandoned the other mm-hmm. person could have been anger so it's not the same approach right so that's what i do yeah. hmm. Everyone has like a different experience, right? And yeah, I found that too when I was kind of working with kids. It was more on like an educational level. I was kind of teaching children English. And I found that some of them, uh, this was in, in Korea when I was doing it, and I did it for two years, in, uh, I think from 2010. So, and I was in an, an area where a lot of uh, people were saying it's kind of a lower income area. So we had children who's, you know, were single parent families um, and things like that. And they would come into class and they would like rip up the textbook and they wouldn't pay attention at all. And some teachers would kind of say like, oh, those are like the bad kids, right? But uh, if you look a bit, a level deeper, you kind of understand that, you know, they're coming from a place where they're being yelled at at home and uh, things like that. So uh, the, I was lucky enough to have a really good co-teacher, like a Korean teacher who explained to me that like, you know, these are the the kids that have, you know, their parents went through divorce and, you know, they they need a bit of a different style of approach when you're kind of teaching them. Like, it's not going to be straightforward. It's not going to be like by the textbook, right? So I think that it's really interesting that you kind of bring that uh, mentality to 
uh, martial arts and instruction because a lot of the time when we think about martial arts, it's like a group class and it's like a karate class that you kind of like sign your kid up for and you kind of drop them off and then you pick them up afterwards, right? So it's, uh, it's great that you're kind of dealing with that type of thing too, where you're kind of thinking not only about the physical aspect of martial arts, but like uh, the mental and spiritual part as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's just, uh, what you're saying is, is very, it's so in our faces, especially when you're talking about the way that we are tested in school. Mm -hmm. Like how many, how many of us go into feeling uh, as a loser or emotionally down because you fell a test. Right. Or you, all your friends pass a test and you were the only one who got a D, a C, you're like, oh my god. Right. The whole family tells you that you are, oh, okay, how dare you to get a, a B, you know, things like that. So yeah. it really puts people in a situation where the, I'm just putting to the example of animals. Mm -hmm. yeah. The eagle is designed to fly. So if mm -hmm. I tell the eagle it's stupid because it cannot swim, the eagle is going to be taking his own life uh, is a stupid. So what mm -hmm. type of society do we create where we have the eagle think it's stupid but for not able to swim? And yeah. we have the, the fish committing suicide because he cannot fly. Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 that's why not until we address this type of talking, this type of emotional things that are there mm -hmm. that we cannot perceive, but they're there. Yeah. Nothing's going to change. And for me, martial arts is such a... Is that I mean that would be a completely different conversation. But for me, martial arts is is, is not made use the way yeah. it was designed for by our ancestors. Uh, it's a very sacred art. It's not used to be punching, kicking, yeah. and hurting people. But yeah. it's it's actually a healing art. Mm -hmm. So that's why that's why for me, it's, uh, if you feel like you know when you realize how much you can really. Uh, to something uh, that's why I feel the need to, to honor it you know right. uh, because it's easy to get uh, get up get cut up into that mindset mm -hmm. of the ego through martial arts <laughs> very easy so that's why to me uh, to me a true back black and through the mastery it's not just a punching but the, the, the be able to control type of emotions yeah I think the punching and the kicking is really like the very first step and the basic level of it right is you know practicing that making sure that you have the sort of like mechanics down and the the biomechanics and then you kind of get more into like the breathing techniques and everything like that and then like the higher level is like really being able to internalize that understanding and then just use it and use whatever methods um, are available too so um, yeah I think you touched on something with like regards to the testing. I feel like with testing, we're always kind of testing more things that you can see and things that are apparent as opposed to like, um, I know that these days we do have like emotional intelligence and emotional quotients and things like that. But um, I think that those things are less commonly understood than like an IQ test and uh, like standardized tests at school. So we're always kind of measuring things that we can kind of observe as opposed to some of the things that perhaps are more important are like our personalities and like our, our learning styles, right? And so everyone has kind of different styles of learning. I think we touched on this in like previous podcasts too, where we're like um, different 
what are they called? Like affections. Oh, the love languages. The love languages. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, uh, love language is more like the way you this uh, show uh, that you care. Yeah. Like for for you might be you know you can cook me a uh, a bake me a cookie for you. That's the best way you can show me love. For you might be I don't know you invite me to your podcast. Yeah. Like, <laughs> love, you know something like that. So that's yeah. why yeah. Which I think in kindergarten should be the first thing that would instead instead of kids just playing around and drawing, mm-hmm. we should first thing should be okay, how did what how, what this kid cares about? What, yeah. how is it, what is his preference? What, what, what are, because some people even learn more by audio. Mm-hmm. Some people learn more by learn by reading. Some people learn more by different things. So I think that yeah. that should be number one. So that way they start developing uh, uh, a life without resentment. Yeah. Because a, a kid that's not being heard, a kid that's not being listened to, or not being honored what she's saying. How many parents we live in a society that they don't even hear them out? It's mm-hmm. like, here, here is your PlayStation, here is your iPad, and go to your room, <laughs> talk to you later. How yeah. many times? Yeah, like I find it really interesting. I, I read a lot of books on psychology and how like different uh, actions are coming from a different place you kind of touched on that when you said like these kids would come into school and start ripping things up and they said that a lot of times when you see anger is that really anger or is it really sadness inside you know what I mean like things like that and we misjudge it so then you say like the person be like that's a bad kid Mm -hmm. so now this kid has this label that he's a bad kid so he's just gonna fulfill that label because that's what people do if they're told that their whole life then that's all they're ever in their mind going to be told, especially by an authority figure, like a parent or a teacher. It's just like, it's pretty damning, really. And we've talked about this before, like how labels are really damaging. And I'm a big person to be like, don't put yourself down. Don't say you're stupid because you won't ever try to reach further than what what, what you're telling yourself. You know what I mean? So I think that the same thing goes with like trauma responses or, you know, uh, I heard another thing. It's like, you can... You can drown in three feet of water or you can drown in 10 feet of water, kind of relating to the fact that every person, no matter what they go through, they could have a different reaction. Someone could have a really traumatic childhood and come out and be strong and very successful, and some person could completely fall apart. And it doesn't take away from the trauma. It's just a different reaction to their outside forces. But it's kind of interesting to me, really. Yeah, what you're saying, I think it's very important uh, that everybody has. I, I think that that's something I even have to learn myself, is the fact that pain is pain. And just because I feel less pain than you doesn't mean that your pain is not valid. Mm-hmm. And I think that because a lot, especially the masculine, that us males, we always tend to do like, oh, why are you, why are you sad? Why are you crying? Why are you, come on, don't be, be a man. You know? And that to me is such a gaslighting. Uh, thing to say to anybody because they, they really feel like they should not honor, they should not. Is there something wrong with them? You know, I'm just too much of, too weak of a person. I'm not capable of doing anything. And they just stay stuck in that cycle, toxic cycle that nobody can get them out. And I think that that's something so important. That there is a reason why, that was what I said before, the spiritual aspect that nobody teaches us how to know when what I'm feeling is right yeah. <laughs> or what I'm feeling is wrong. Usually, there is no such thing as a wrong feeling. Because if you feel something because it's there, now your mind is the one 
playing tricks on you. But if you, if I punch you, you're gonna feel it. If I punch you, you say you don't feel it. You, it's, it's your mind telling you that, but you still feel it. So that's 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 the thing that the confusion here. There is a mind and there is a the feeling. Very two different things. Uh, I think we were kind of chatting before about like how uh, sometimes people will reject uh, a certain thing or they'll kind of put it down because they feel like they can't do it or they're discouraged from doing it and then they'll come back to it. Um, and, you know, we chat with you, Joel, about the fact that you kind of uh, stopped doing martial arts at the beginning and then you came back to it. So how was that journey for you? Well, that's a very interesting. I'll explain. Uh, that was traumatizing for me uh, because I first I wanted to do martial arts, but again the expectations of society were so high on me that they wanted me to do something, uh, you know, achieve achieving right away when I was so little. So I remember I was being thrown in the gym, do this, do that. I was being, I was put into fight with so many much older guys. I got hit on every every time. I went to a competition and uh, I lost, and then the bathroom was beat up. <laughs> oh. by, yeah, so it was uh, very traumatizing for me. I'm like, I. But another thing, the even when that was a lot of trauma there, I always felt like martial arts was still there, regardless mm -hmm. of that much trauma. But I, again, I was too little at that time. Yeah. Not until I got older and I went through my volleyball experience and all of that, that's when I started realizing that it was a matter of me looking at the past in a different way. Mm -hmm. Looking at the past as a way to to really give me some tools to, to use what mm -hmm. I learned from that, but I think learn what I experienced with volleyball that was very successful. Yeah. And then replace it with the trauma from the past, mm -hmm. and that's how I was able to do it. So I'm grateful that I had the volleyball experience because probably if I didn't have it, mm -hmm. like you're saying, it would have been much harder for me to believe, yeah. to see that I could do something because you need some type of reinforce, especially mm -hmm. when you have you have to really create your own, yeah. pretty much. And, and I and I think that was key for me to really see it, and that's why. But the most important thing for me that I had to always honor the fact that I always felt like martial art was inside, even when I had negative feedback from the outside. Mm. And that to me is something that we all have to go through at some point where we truly know something in our hearts, yeah. but you're going to have the rejection of people. It's a matter of fact. Mm. No matter, you, you, you call it in different areas. You can be, you know grow your whole life telling, having people around telling you that you cannot do a podcast it's up to you if you do it you can have a whole bunch of people telling you don't make like, it's up to you if you do it so that's why we all have to go through that process of mm. being okay with rejection because that's, that's, that's what makes us go to the next layer and most people always since we're always comparing ourselves with the one next to us yeah. we always think that oh if he had it oh I should have it well, she thought he said, I should have it like that, and yeah. like that. Everybody's different. Everybody's different. And that to me is something that if we all keep in mind, mm. our world would be so different. So different. Yeah. Because people would see that everybody's going through... It's really a different book. 
Yeah. Every, everybody's trying to copy the book next to them to see if, like, you have the same answer. It's not like that. It's just very different. Yeah, I think we kind of touched on something with Anthony where he was, he was telling us about having an abundant mindset mm. instead of, like you said, like comparing your life with someone else, thinking, you know what, there's enough to go around. We don't need to be in competition with each other. You know, I'm going to reach my own heights, you're going to reach yours, and I'm happy for you, rather than trying to pin everybody against each other. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's because of, uh, again, it all comes down to the way we're raised. Our emotions are not validated, our emotions are not being explored at all. So when you have a type of society, you have adults, people like ourselves, thinking that what I'm feeling is not right, yeah. thinking that the person next to me is judging me, for being the way I am. Mm. So all I'm gonna have in my mind is like I need to fight. I need to fight to get what I need. So what yeah. do we have? We have with the world that we have right now. So that thing is, is something that the unfortunately it's gonna take a long time. <laughs> I think this is gonna take generations. That's why I love working with kids. Mm -hmm. Because to me they're the future. Adults is very hard. It's much harder to deal with. Kids yeah. they're like a an open book. They're like yeah. a blank page. <laughs> they, 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 don't, they don't know what to copy. They don't know. They, they, they don't know what's right or wrong. So if I'm gonna show them something, let's show them something. This is gonna be beneficial for them little instead of letting them get traumatized and then figure out when they're yeah. there. And so yeah, it's, it's it's a tricky one just because of the way that everything is designed. Everything is designed to make you feel that you need to <coughs> fight mm -hmm. to get what you want. Even the, the term hustling, the term hustling right there, yeah. I, I understand, the, I understand the, the, the principle behind it, the sense of you need to work hard, you need to put the energy, you need to find opportunity, you need to you know, do everything you can. Right. But hus hustling makes people believe that they have to do whatever they have to do to reach to the top. I don't care what I have to get rid of, I don't care what I have to push away to get to the top. So see what I mean? It's all designed yeah. to make you compete against each other. It's never like, okay, how can I help you so you can help her and she can help me? Because if you see the world, how, <coughs> a real, real estate is mm -hmm. a perfect example of how uh, much scarcity have in our mindset. Scarcity is like a, yeah. the lack, lack, yeah. lack, lack. How much empty land do we have in our world? Like everywhere. How much empty condos, houses, everywhere. How many people are homeless? How many people are hardly uh, having a struggle, having to struggle to pay rent? Like most of the world. Mm -hmm. We think that there's no enough space. We think that there is no enough. I'm like, there's plenty. Mm -hmm. It's just that the, 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 the tools are not being distributed properly. Yeah. So it's, it, the same thing happens with everything. Work, family, it's all there, but we think that we need to grasp as much because there might be a no tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And that all comes down to the traumas that we have since later, because nobody teaches of that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, all yeah. it's also hard too. I know, like, it's like in the past, I've felt like different mixed feelings towards people who were like on the street like on one hand I was frustrated because I was like I was working so hard and then someone's like here can I have money 
And it's like, man, like I am killing myself trying to work. So it's like, why should I just give that away? But then there was the flip side where it was like, like you said, like the world is designed to pretty much keep us down. And so it's so hard to get up and like, unlike your yourself and, and me too, I kind of identify with that. Like I have a really strong internal voice that keeps me going and keeps me pushing, but a lot of people don't have that. And like you provide that to your students by just being a positive figure in their life. But then you think about it on this person on the street, maybe they grew up and their parents were abusive and you know, as they grow up, they got labeled a bad kid and then that continued and then they get start turned to drugs and now they're a drug addict. And it's like they never had anyone there to be like, you can do this. They just basically got, they were down and they never got a chance to raise up and that they didn't have that internal dialogue to be like, you know what, persevere, it's gonna get better. Yeah. So I think it's rare, I feel like, to have that. Yeah, especially to me, one of the, uh, I think one of the hardest thing to accept, and I say accept because it was hard for me to accept. Even sometimes it's very hard to accept. Uh, the fact that I, I now believe that everybody in the world is doing their best. I don't think that anybody in this world is just is lacking off mentally. I think if you act in the way you are, because that's really the best that you're doing it. And that's something that if we accept, we expect less from people, different reactions, different type of behaviors. And that's, that leads us more acceptance, more relaxation. Obviously, you're very right in the sense of, it gets tricky sometimes when you see people that they really want to be you know, they, they really want the easy ways. They really want everything to be handed to them. And there are a lot of people that put the work, they go, they, they hustle, you know, mm -hmm. that they really do. So it's like, you know, that's what it says. It's, it's those ones that don't want to do anything, they probably were left out, they had nobody, or they were given, because that's another part too, you can have a lot of lack, but you can have actually been traumatized by giving everything, being handed everything to you when little. Because you become spoiled. You, you think that everything is just a click and a button and you want to have it. That creates a, a mentality of no, knowing the price of things, but you don't know the value of things. Because you think people are just there to serve you. And in a sense, people are to help you, but not to serve you. So that's different. So again, it's, it's all from childhood. It's all from childhood. But yes. Yeah. How do we instill that sense of like, positivity in the sense that you have to kind of work hard like where does that even begin because I feel like in some instances yeah you do see people who are kind of like spoiled and they don't necessarily appreciate the opportunities that are given to them and then you see other people who like really value the opportunities that they're uh, given and, and value the le learning on like lessons that they're taught right so it's yeah it's just tricky because you will have to add in a depends on what we're talking about, mm -hmm. uh, but I think that um, because we live in a world where to the, um, let's say, I don't know, it's hard to say because you have to be very specific, but in some cases, people are being convinced or have the illusion that they're being given an opportunity, but when in fact it's just, that's just bread and crumbs. Mm. On another side, uh, there are times when, uh, how do you say, we believe that we're putting the work to get something, but we're not. Mm. So I, I think it would be, you know, it depends what we're talking about. Yeah. But uh, it, it, I think that as long as people 
are themselves. Mm-hmm. As long as people are putting the work when it comes to being showing up yeah. where they're supposed to be, giving people around them the opportunities to do their part, mm-hmm. and that person really putting the work internally to be the best they can, yeah. that means a person that deserves to be there. Mm-hmm. Now, if you, uh, when it comes to politics, where you come from, how you look, that, that's just, that's different. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's more like when you're really putting genuinely, yeah. but genuine from, from the heart. You can, you can tell when somebody's doing from the heart. So you talked about uh, where you're from. I just wanted to kind of touch on that as well, because you did mention you're from Venezuela. So what was it like growing up there? Venezuela, Venezuela was a beautiful, beautiful country. <laughs> Every time people ask me Venezuela, it's, it's sad to say that I, I, I cannot take them right now there. But Venezuela, I, I'm grateful uh, to have had the opportunity to experience or witness the good times of it, mm. uh, the weather that is always super sunny, always hot. People are super, oh, they were uh, friendly, super friendly. Always a smile, always a dancing, always <laughs> a song playing around. They treat you like one of them. Mm. So it, it was a beautiful experience. But you know, as, as, as you already know, how things change. Now Venezuela is like a. Have you guys seen the movie I Am Legend? Yeah. Yep. It's just like that. Like apocalyptic, <laughs> post-apocalyptic. <laughs> a bit more, a bit more apocalyptic. Mm. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. So oh. that's why it's you know it's that that to me even uh, more my motivation to work with children because mm. when I think of Venezuela, I'm like this place is not gonna be changed by the, even if but by money. This change, this place is gonna be changed by the emotional healing. Mm. And those kids, they're being born and they're the hope. It's not uh, the adults are. are they're just waiting for the last day on earth, you know, so, yeah. So, so what's the, I know you talked about toxic masculinity, but do you think that that's a big theme in Venezuela as well? Or is that something that's more like North American or is it span? Because you've been Venezuela and now U.S. and now Canada. So do you think that that's kind of a theme amongst all the places you've been? In the sense of? Of like toxic masculinity, like in the culture. That's a worldwide. Yeah. That's a worldwide. You can escape this. It's just, you can name every continent. Because remember, the, the, the mask, toxic, there are so many layers of toxicity. In some cultures, toxic means hitting people. In other cultures, it means uh, taking power, taking over all power. In some other cultures, people were always lying. So it, 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 I, I'm just saying because of the masculinity itself. Uh, us as men, I think that we, we we are so out of touch with our emotions that we make all decisions with our logic mind. And when we make decisions with our logic mind, we have a societal robots, androids. We don't we don't feel. We just think. And when you think, you see people as a number, you see people as a business transaction, yeah. what can I get from them? You don't see a human being. And when we have society like that, what can we expect? And then we have women being suppressed for, because men and women are supposed to be balancing each other. All of us, we have masculine 
we don't know that balance between two of them and how to act them. We just think that we're supposed to be one way and you cannot always be one way. Obviously we need the masculine energy, we need the direction, we need the discipline, we need to get things done. But we are something the compassion, the, the, the touch with our feelings, the hey, calm down, hey, slow down, hey, if you have me. We don't have me. So it, I think it's something that uh, is everywhere. Mm -hmm. I just I, I just have to bless, I say bless and privilege that the place where I travel in my life I met so many different people from different continents, different cultures, different religions. That it helped me really to, to appreciate who, who who they are, because I, I haven't seen, I, I haven't been around just one single type of group of people that you can't do. Because a lot of most of us, a lot of us, um, we have to admit that we have preferences mm -hmm. with cultures, with looks, with religion, background groups, and that's okay, everybody should have the right to have preferences. But when we have favorites, when you think that certain groups are better than others, that, that, that's what uh, uh, creates more division. So I had the opportunity to really be around so many different things. Yeah. Then now if I just focus, if, to me, if you're a good person, if you're somebody really cares about humanity, somebody really trying to help others, I'm with you. I don't care if you, if you are red, if you are blue, if you are purple, if you are uh, how you whatever fan of the Yankees or the doesn't matter to me, you know. So that's why something I wish it, this should be a I think there should be a universal language, mm -hmm. a language that people should be connected to instead of like, oh, are you Asian or are you white or are you Latino? That's who cares, whatever. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. I think that. The more you travel and the more that you see and experience other cultures, it gives you a bit more perspective on like how you behave as a person and also how people around you are behaving. And you kind of get in touch with like um, all the sort of little biases that people have in other cultures, whether it's like, you know, a, a small bias or like a, a big, when it turns into like bigotry and, and things like that, where it does become harmful in a way, so... Yeah. Food, food is a perfect example. Yeah. How, how many times we have we actually believe that, that food from our country is the best, <laughs> and then all of a sudden some, we meet somebody that like, hey, 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 try this, and you're like, oh my god. Yeah. The same thing, the same thing happens with people. Mm -hmm. There are great people everywhere. The thing is that many times just because of they come from a certain place, or they, they, are, they call themselves in a certain way, mm -hmm. we don't give them a chance. We don't yeah. give them a chance. So it's something that we need to first admit, we need to accept first, so things can start shifting. Mm. Because uh, the, the universe is always providing. The thing is that the universe is not always going to provide the opportunities with the, with the type of boxes that we think they, they should be. A box should, can be blue, a box can be black, but no boxes are going to be with a you know, little thing on top, like a, a ribbon. Snowman. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's something that for me has uh, has been amazing because mm -hmm. I, 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 I uh, so many different people from everywhere they all look different you know so that's why I, when people call me where do you feel they're from I'm like I feel like I'm a universal citizen because mm -hmm. I feel like I have a bit of everywhere I look Latino I speak Spanish but mentally, soul-wise, I feel like I, I have a bit of everywhere. 
Okay, and so what are you looking forward to in the future? Uh, like, what's coming up for you, and what are your what's your vision and what's your plan for like going forward? Are you going to continue with kind of coaching in MMA and uh, with MMA and working with kids? Is that something that you're deeply passionate about continuing to do, or is there anything else that you're kind of looking uh, forward to uh, as you go into that? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Martial arts is always going to be with me. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully in the future I'll be doing uh, with different type of groups. I, I love working with kids just because of, uh, like I said before, that the future. And uh, if, there, if there is, if there are uh, genuine, uh, pure beings in this earth, are kids, and uh, you know, working with them, it really fills my heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just always there. The other part, I, I try to do stunts mm-hmm. um, for for movies. So I've been training with that, and now we, you know, what's happening right now, things have been a little uh, still. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, waiting, always training, always training. So yeah, waiting for that too as well. Interesting. Oh yeah, I met a guy while we were doing background work that was talking about doing stunts, and he seemed to really enjoy it. Um, yeah, it's good pay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, yeah, that's awesome too, but I, I have always loved the, the fighting. Choreography, yeah. creating situations, right. creating realistic situations. Because I feel like that's something the movies have lost. <laughs> I feel like when you see the action books, sometimes they're like how the yeah. eighty pound person beat three hundred feet. I'm like, doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. Hopefully, things change in the future. <laughs> Yeah, that's something I was talking to with my friend in Toronto who I sent you, like, the account for. And he was saying that, you know, even in the Kung Fu movies, there's a lot of things that they get wrong where it, like, doesn't look like the way that you're actually supposed to stand. It's not the way you're supposed to hold your hands when you're, yeah. But it's all just done for the camera, right? And um, it's really interesting stuff. One thing I didn't realize, because when I was working on set doing background is... They use stunt people for like the funniest thing. Like if you're in a big scene and there's like an earthquake and someone has to fall on the ground, that's a stunt person. <laughs> so like I, now when I'm watching a movie and like someone just like aggressively pushes past someone, I say to my boyfriend, I'm like, that was probably a stunt guy. I'm like, this is just like the random stuff they have to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a stunt to me, it has changed the, the way it's perceived because for, before stunt, it was um, being seen as somebody who's just fighting or... Being thrown up or stunt to me is really uh, understanding body movements mm-hmm. because you could be hand, uh, standing on your hands, you can be jumping from one place. It's just being able to follow instructions based on what the director wants to mm-hmm. see you, and, and this could be anything. That's mm-hmm. why for me the, the training is so important because you've got to be flexible, you're going to be fast enough, you're going to be able to jump, you're going to be able to. You cannot just be out another way, so I'm going to punch you back. Now you have to do mm-hmm. so many different things. That's why I love it because it keeps Any sort of like last words for, you know, our audience out there, any sort of, I don't know if we have any young listeners, but if there's any young listeners out there, like what is any sort of like advice or words of wisdom that you might want to impart on them? Uh, Sure. Uh, First, with the young generations, um, speak. Speak about your feelings. Mm -hmm. Know that there is probably some rejection. It's a matter of fact, everybody goes through the rejection, mm-hmm. but we 
we will always find the people who are meant to be listened to us. Keep speaking, keep speaking, whatever you, if you like it or not, mm. that that voice is going to take you to where you're supposed to be. Yeah. The biggest problem is that we shut down. We shut down thinking that we would have to say it's not worth, worth it, or it's, mm -hmm. not, it's not it's stupid. That's the biggest trap of all. It's going to be sometimes too late when you become adult to realize this. Yeah. And for adults, uh, let's go back. <laughs> it's funny because for adults, we have to go to our, our childhood. Mm -hmm. Go back to your childhood, pay attention to the things that... The, the, the hard things that are to remember. Mm -hmm. If it's, something's hard for you to remember, that's an unhealed trauma. Something that's hard for you to speak about, mm -hmm. that's an unhealed trauma. Uh, something that you put aside and you'd rather not talk about or you'd rather not imagine that never happened, mm -hmm. that's an unhealed trauma. So I feel like if you start focusing on that and accepting that just because you experience that doesn't mean you're less, doesn't mean you are. Uh, you're not where you're supposed to be. Everybody here is meant to do something awesome. Everybody here is meant to be unique in some way or form. And I feel like if we start comparing with the person we have next to each other, mm -hmm. we're going to start more giving all our energy into our own healing instead of trying to a bit of our healing, focusing on the person next to me, focusing on my worries, a bit of healing. So it's energy being distributed everywhere. So yeah. I think if we do that, we can slowly um, help to, to to create that society that, we're, that we, I know that we all want it's just that we don't know how to express it mm. so, very great words that was great I um, think this is good to end on and thank you very much Joel for joining us you, this guys. Sunday thank morning you, yes it's been a pleasure <laughs> no, no, I, I, I love you guys are doing this because yeah. this really helps this is you, you guys are perfect example there are so many amazing people that nobody knows about yeah. like it's because of we don't talk about this. Yeah. We don't talk about this, and it's not about it's simply human conversations. Human mm -hmm. conversations. You know, it's nothing. This is not presentation. We're not. This is not a, a script. This is right. simply us, three human beings, just speaking our our experiences and feelings, and and that's it. That's what to me the true magic of it. The, the magic is just being genuine, being real. That's it. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, if you guys want to check out Joel. Uh, is it okay if I share your uh, Instagram on here? So it's Joel G M M A, right? At Joel G M M A on Instagram. And uh, yeah, this has been Brunches and Crunches, another interesting dialogue that we had. Thank you guys, that was awesome. I wish you guys well and keep doing, keep doing your work. That you're, you're, you're helping the world to heal in some way for sure. Thank you very much for this. Thank you, Joel.